I'm blessed to have great guests with me today. I, uh, unlike a lot of radio talk show hosts, I don't spend a lot of time on politics. I, I try to find people that inspire me that I also think because of what they do might inspire you. And as we approach the end of this year, 2023, and move into 2024, I try to find some folks that um, might motivate you in one way or another to look at your life and how you might make some, maybe some improvements in your life, uh, how you might reach out and help somebody in a different way than you thought of during the past year. And I was blessed to find some of those folks. And my first guest today is a person I've never met. I actually saw her book on social media, and I was immediately drawn to it for a number of reasons. So first of all, I'd like to welcome to the Tyler Axness Show, Anna Lorix. Anna, how are you this afternoon? Good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm assuming you're somewhere in the Twin Cities area today? Yes, I am. Well, Anna wrote a book called Lithium Part One, and... It's a, the first of a series of four. I'm telling you, it's a page turner. Again, it's lithium part one. And I was absolutely immersed because of a couple of reasons. So I'm going to tee it up this way, Anna. Anna has a background where she's very artistic and talented. During the lockdown of COVID, she learned of another calling she had, and that's writing. And this is the first work that you produce called Lithium Part One. And share with us what motivated you to uh, develop the character of Mia Bell and her personality and how that personally impacted you. Well, it started during COVID lockdown. Um, I was talking to my psychologist because I have bipolar disorder. Um, and we were talking about what could I do kind of to cope with COVID. And she joked that my life could be a book. So that's what she urged me to do is write a book about my life. And so I was, absolutely, let's do it. And I went back and I read some of my journals and reflected. And I realized it was too hard for me to write about my life. It was too dark and raw. So I like, went back to her. I said these things. And she said, all right, write it, but in a fiction. And so I created this fictional character, Mia, who had my background and my experiences. And it really gave me a way to be vulnerable and uh, open, but without the um, direct kind of like exposure feeling. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you teed it up that way. The, one of the things that drew me was the fact that you uh, shared with the uh, readers of the book that you were diagnosed uh, as a young adult with bipolar disorder. Something that we think, and I have to say we think, because back in the 60s and 70s, I'm not so certain it was called that, but our father struggled with what we think was uh, bipolar disorder. And mom used to say your dad was in a funk, and it was over a period of time where um, they identified the correct medication for him and he would take it as prescribed, which is not a strength for a lot of men, by the way. It's just the mm -hmm. way, way life is. So I was so drawn to how you shared 
your experiences with some of the stigma of bipolar disorder. Why do you think some folks have the stigma when it comes to what's really a mental illness that somebody can't control because they have it? Why do you think we have, some of us have this stigma? Um, lack of information. Um, I see in the media a lot how they depict people with bipolar disorder. And it always is a character with, um, with violence. Um, and it's interesting to me because people with mental illness are more likely to be uh, a victim because they're so vulnerable rather than violent. Um, and so I think people are just afraid um, and unsure and they don't know what bipolar is. So that's how they kind of just give in to that. You did a masterful job with, um, I'm assuming it's the first uh, fictional book that you wrote. You did a masterful job in 35 chapters of doing what I call a page turner. I couldn't quickly enough get to the next chapter to see the continuing uh, story from the previous chapter. How long did it take you to write the first? And feel free, by the way, to also talk about the second of the series of four books that you'll be sharing with us. How long did it take you to write the first one? Um, I would say maybe a year. Um, I actually, I didn't set out to write a series. I was just writing one book and I realized the book was so long. I had to divide it into four different parts. Um, so I think it was a year, um, all of that together. And I'm actually working on book five right now. I just absolutely, absolutely love it. During the process uh, of writing, Mm -hmm. were there times as you shared parts of Mia's life that it struck maybe too responsive a chord for you and you had to put the pen down and think about where to go from there? Yes, that happened um, a lot. But actually writing through it, the painful memories was kind of therapeutic to put it down on paper. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. How, how old were you when you were diagnosed? 20 years old. 20. So this started during the, the lockdown and yes. your therapist encouraged you to put pen, pen to paper and you just yes. share that it, it, took about a year during mm-hmm. the, the writing process when you say it was at times very therapeutic you know for, for someone that doesn't have bipolar disorder or someone that doesn't struggle w- with mental illness and there are millions and millions of people that do by the way that's why I asked you to come on um, when you'd put that pen down what were some of the ways that you deal with the therapy, if you will, to put to pick the pen back up and start writing again? Um, I talked a lot with my psychologist talking it through. Um, and yeah, I'm, I think that's about, about it. She helped me get back into it, but keep writing, keep pushing forward because it was so important to get my story down on paper that, you know, you just can't stop. 
Before I forget, because sometimes I do, when you get old, Anna, sometimes you forget stuff. Like today when Eric said, yeah, we met before and I had to scratch my head. And when you have no hair, that's a real easy thing to do. And then he reminded me of how we met and the details we went through. And then he gave me a poster of our band from 1970. But that's another story. Absolutely another story. Okay. When do you think the second uh, edition of the series will come out? Um, within a year, I'm hoping it's, um, going through editing right now, which that can be difficult to, um, listening to my editors take on things. Um, but we've been working really well together and there's been a lot of good progress. So hopefully within a year, that'll be published. We're going to take a break here, pay uh, for the timer with some of the sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk about where people can find the book. And I'm going to scratch just the surface a little bit about some of the other incredibly talented uh, skills that you have in your life. You're listening to Afternoons with Tyler Axness, but I'm Mike Seminary. Hey, good afternoon. You're listening to Afternoons with Tyler Axness. This is Mike Seminary filling in for Tyler. It's a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. And as always, I appreciate the invitation when I can substitute for somebody so they can take some well-deserved time off. I have on the show with me this afternoon, Anna Lurex. And by the way, that's spelled L-U-R-E-X. Anna is the author of a book called Lithium Part One. And uh, before I get to my second question, Anna, where's the best place for people to find your book so they can buy it? Uh, Amazon and the Barnes and Noble website. Fantastic. Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Noble. Why should people read Lithium Part One? Well, I think society um, really should know the realities of bipolar disorder. And I think my book does that. Um, and that the stigma really hurts and makes us want to hide who we are um, having bipolar disorder. And we fear rejection. Um, but my message, I think, is so important um, that I'm no longer, I don't fear it, and I'm not hiding anymore. And is that in large part because of the process you went through writing Lithium Part One? Sorry, what? Is it is, is part of that because of? you writing this book, Lithium Part One? Um, it's completely about the stigma around bipolar disorder. That's something I'm so passionate about. And I think that's what my book does is fight the stigma. One of the characters in, in the book, and I, I'm not going to go into great detail because you have to, you have to buy the book and read all 35 chapters to get ready for part two. I'm assuming it might be called part two. I could be wrong, Anna. Yes, that's right. But you have your childhood friend, Ozzy. Mm-hmm. And, and I, he's analogous to me as an anchor, someone that you were able, to, because your your long-term relationship, you were able to anchor, uh, not you, Mia, was able to anchor to him because of the stigma and misunderstanding of bipolar disorder. Am, am I kind of accurate when I say that? Yes. 
so is the, the Aussies of the world, from your perspective, and I also believe you lecture on bipolar disorder at the University of Minnesota. We'll get to that in a minute. So are okay. the Aussies of the world critically important? Um, well, you know, having someone as an anchor is important, but even more so when it comes to someone that has bipolar disorder? Um, yes, it's just somebody um, without the disorder wanting to learn more and wanting to be supportive. Um, that just means so much. Like specifically me, I have that I have Aussie in my life. Um, and he's just been great as an anchor and, um, yeah, showing that there are people out there that do care, who do want to learn about it. Let's get back to, uh, a guest lecturer at the University mm-hmm. of Minnesota. First of all, the way I said that, is that correct? Yes. When you're guest lecturing at the University of Minnesota, what is the curriculum or course, the students that are in the room, and what are you trying to accomplish when you're sharing um, your your thoughts and information with them? Um, well, I talk to uh, nursing students um, when they're going into their mental health unit, and um, I'm kind of trying to teach them to fight the stigma within themselves um, because a lot of them don't a lot of them are very ignorant to what bipolar is. Um, so I'm trying to fight the stigma just within society, but also for the patients they will be treating. Um, I want to give them kind of insight on how to treat these patients with a mental illness um, going forward. And I think I do a pretty good job with that. How long have you been doing that? Um, about three years. Three years. How many students are in the room typically? Um, it's pretty small, like 25. So you have, might you have evangelists that leave that room that now have a far better understanding of bipolar disorder and how they can help people understand the stigma where you're wrong and how you can support people that have what is a mental illness. Would you say you have evangelists that leave that room because of your sharing your life with them? Absolutely. What else should we know about your book? Hmm. Well, what you should know about my cover is I actually painted it. Um, so that'd be kind of fun to look up. Uh, I'm working on the cover of book two, which is also really cool. Okay. Um, do you have a website yeah, people can go to? Yes, I do. Analert.com. A-N-N-A-L-U-R-E-X dot com. Anna, thank yep. you so much for taking time to join me today. Thank you for writing the book and sharing important uh, life experiences with all of us about people that we love uh, and people that we're just maybe getting to know that struggle with what we call mental illness. Have a great 2024. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. Appreciate you joining me today, Anna. All right. Thanks, Mike.